All right, so tonight I'm going to bring you guys a word, and um, I want you guys to open up your Bibles to Psalm 23. And I'm sure that um, whether you guys are regular, regulars in the church <laughs> or not, um, this is a passage that might strike you as familiar. It's one that a lot of people know. In fact, you know what? This is not even your generation. I don't know if y'all know about Coolio. Yeah, see, that, that response right there just tells me, tells me that I am young and y'all are, weren't born in the good times. Um, like back in the day, there was a movie called Dangerous Minds. And um, Dangerous Minds was about this white chick who went in this urban area and she had to teach like English or literature, whatever she taught. And it was basically, you know, a typical movie about adapting to the urban setting. But the soundtrack of Dangerous Minds was Coolio, and he rapped a song. Um, I'm about to rap for you guys. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not. Um, and in the <laughs> and um, in the passage, in the passage, in the rap song was a portion of Psalm 23. So I want you guys to turn there. I don't know where I came up with that introduction, but <laughs> yeah, okay, Coolio. You guys can all Wikipedia him later. Get yourself educated about real rap. Actually, he wasn't real rap. <laughs> he was like a one-hit wonder. But um, Psalm 23, we're going to look at verses 1 to 6. You guys with me? Yeah? All right, I want us to read it all together. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, whatever you got with you. If, some, if you don't have anything and someone next to you has something of that nature, just scoot next to them and say, let me read along with you. There's something about reading it, I think, that's powerful um, rather than it being read to you. All right, so we're just going to read it together. And whatever version you have, it doesn't really matter. I have the ESV. Um, and so I will lead the way and you guys will follow me. You guys ready to do it together? All right, verse one all together. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. That's a good word. Now I'm going to zone in and I'm going to just focus in on specifically verse three. Now ver what verse three says is he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Now I'm, I'm going to talk about paths today. I'm going to talk about roads. Now I don't know about you guys, but I am not, uh, I don't have the best sense of direction. Okay. We were just walking here. I've walked to this large group like for the past five years, and I still don't know where I'm going. Um, there's a particular path that I know, and it's one that I've gone most of the time. Today, we went through Severance. Um, we were in KLI. We went through Severance Hospital. I don't know if you guys know that route, but there is such a route. And um, I went there a couple of times, but it's still a little bit unfamiliar. So we came out of the, you know, the hospital. I'm like, oh, I think we're lost. And 
Tina was like, no, we're in the right place. And so I don't have a strong sense of direction. In fact, driving is not something I enjoy except when I'm driving to places I know well. See, now when I drive to places I know well, I love it because I feel comfortable. You know, I can blast my music. I can sit back. I can just put my hand on the wheel and I could just drive. And you know, when you go autopilot, like if you ever drove before there, you know, on a late night, you drive home and you like realize you got home and you don't know how you got there. For some of you guys, it's walking or taking commute, um, you know, subway or, you know, you're just zoning out. But somehow you made it to the front door of your place and you're like, how did I get here? I don't even remember walking the steps. I don't even remember taking that path. But certain paths in our lives are so familiar that it's just like second nature. Second nature. Now for me, I can't stand driving to a new place. Why? Because it's stressful. See, before GPS existed... Okay, before you can whip out your phone and, you know, whatever it was. Back in the day, we had something called MapQuest, okay? And MapQuest, what you had to do is you had to prepare in advance, all right? So I'm going to this restaurant, I'm going to go to this place, and I go online, and I MapQuest this, the directions. And, you know, 50% of the times, MapQuest got it wrong, okay? It was never updated. Like, that highway that they said was there it never existed, okay? So you have this long list of directions and here I am putting this A4 paper and like, I don't know, you tape it to the windshield and I'm like looking and I'm driving, I'm looking and it's stressful because I can't relax and I'm constantly, all right, what, 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 what turned right and, and to, oh dang, I just missed it. And it's just a whole, it's just a stressful process. I can't listen to music cause I don't know how to multitask. You know, if, if a song I like, come on, I'm, yeah, I'm, oh snap. I just totally passed where I'm supposed to go. I just never liked going to a new route. I liked what was familiar. I liked driving home. I liked driving to my friend's place. I liked driving to the supermarket, get my haagen Yeah, that's right. You know, I liked, I liked the things, you know, driving to school, driving to the mall. You know, I could drive to the mall, like, you know, close my eyes and I can drive to the mall. And I'm like, turn left now. And you know what I mean? Like, pull up to the, like, it's just, there's certain places that we're so familiar with. And it's funny because what we have to really understand is in that same way, when we talk about the Christian life, we're talking about roads. And when Jesus describes, or even the psalmist here describes righteousness, he doesn't talk about destination. He talks about a road of righteousness, path of righteousness. You know, we think to ourselves, oh, I got saved. Yeah, I remember when I was in sixth grade and I cried and I got the revelation of Jesus and, and I received Jesus into my heart and it was wonderful. And you think it's just, that's it. Well, that's step one, folks. And we awaken and realize that that's the open door, but now we got to walk the path of righteousness. There's a road that you and I need to take. What does that road look like? And are you and I walking it? And so here is paths of righteousness. But for a moment, I just want to stop and talk about your brain. I want to talk about your mind. You know, because when you talk about roads to righteousness, it's like, okay, that's great. What does that mean? You know? Like, what's road to righteousness? Well, a road to righteousness, in a nutshell, is following the path that Jesus walked. See, when Jesus talked to his disciples, the invitation that he gave out was what? Follow me. Meaning the road that you're supposed to walk is the road I'm walking. I'm the forerunner here. 
That's the path that you need to take. What I do, you do. What I say, you say. What I think, you think. That's the life that I'm calling, to, I'm calling each of you to. If you look at it that way, Christianity is not all rainbows and, and clouds and, you know, mystic angels and, ah, you know. Like, it's a serious commitment to follow what Jesus did. If you read scriptures, Jesus was gangster. He wasn't interested in doing what other people did. Jesus always did what, was, what other people couldn't do. What other people were afraid to say. And yet he's calling us to live that kind of lifestyle. And so many of us proclaim Jesus, but we don't walk with him. Now I'm talking about tonight, Jesus being your shepherd and him leading you into paths of righteousness. Meaning if he's your shepherd, that's the road you're going to walk on. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone has a leader. Everyone has a leader. You know, you know, I talk about, you know, following Jesus. Everyone's like, whatever, everybody's doing that. I'm original. You know, I don't want to do what people do. Okay. Like, I want to be me. Why, why you got, I don't want to be boxed in. Like, let me just be me. And it's like, all right, homie, calm down. Number one, the fact that you think you're so original, you got to get a reality check because what you're doing is you're just following somebody else. That sweater that you think is so original about what? 30,000 people have it. Okay. That thought that you had that you think is so original, a philosopher came up with that. And that's why it came into your mind. Everybody's following somebody. Who's your shepherd? Who leads you is your shepherd. Meaning if your emotions lead you, then your emotions are your shepherd. If what dictates your day is how I feel today, I feel great. So I'm going to have a happy day. Then your emotions is what shepherds you. That's a dangerous shepherd. You know why? Because most of the times you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel so good. That means that something as fickle as your emotions is going to constitute the outcome of your day. To me, that's risky. For others, it's your parents. Your parents still lead your life. You're what, 21 years old, 20 years old, and you still got to call mommy. I don't know what I'm going to do next, mom. You know? I need to know my next major and then I don't know how to do the pale and you know, how do I, what's the next step? And you know what? That's great. But so many people in this generation still haven't grown up. Or maybe it's your friends that lead you. If your friends are the ones that decide, you know what, this is what we're going to do today. Or you know what, tonight go to Emmaus, not chill. We got a, you know, we got a date at a restaurant. We're going to go eat steak tonight. Emmaus, we'll just go next week. If your friends dictate the outcome of your life, then it's your friends that's shepherding you. Trust me, you may think you're an original person, but somebody is influencing your life. Now, my point tonight is Jesus makes the best shepherd. There's nobody, nobody that leads him. In fact, when he leads you, what does scripture say? He leads you besides still waters. He restores your soul, leads you in paths of righteousness. See, when we talk about paths of righteousness, we're talking about making a series of decisions to follow Christ. And to make a series of decisions to follow Christ, it starts with your mind. Why do you do the things that you do? It's because you've been thinking about it. 
Whether you recognize it or realize it, it all starts with your thought life. So I'm going to talk about your brain for a second. You know, I wish I paid more attention. I took psychology and I think I got like a D in that class. Actually, no, I got a D in statistics like twice in college. Um, I was, I, you know, I never went to that class, frankly. <laughs> That's, you know what? That's the professor's fault because the professor said this. He said, you know what? No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it real. This is what the professor said. He said, none of your exams, you know, we took three exams and a final. And no matter what the outcome of our exams were, if we, no matter, the grade that we got for our final would be the grade for our class. Does it make sense? So if I got an F, 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 but I got an A in my final, I got an A for the class. So in my mind, I got deceived into thinking, shoot, I'm not going to go to class. I'm just going to cram for this final. I'm going to get an A and I'm going to get an A in the class, but I got a D twice. All right. So there goes that hated statistics, but I took psychology as well. And I wish I paid a little bit more attention to psychology because I would have not had to research for this message. But when it comes down to it, um, our brains create pathways. Your thought life are actually paths. In fact, the paths that your thought life has is so significant that if you go to any neurologist and they were to just study your brain, they would see certain patterns and roads in your brain because of the thoughts that you think. And I'm not talking about the random thought. I'm talking about thoughts that you think on the daily. Thoughts that have been um, repeating, repetition. Thoughts that have become so ingrained and such truth that it's like a, a path that started off, you know, like a random thought, but you've walked that path day and day and day and day and day again that that thought has become a significant highway in your life. Everybody has a series of thoughts, pathways that they've created. <laughs> All of us have different sources of what created what thought. Maybe it's somebody that told you that you were ugly or your ex-boyfriend that said that you weren't good enough that planted this thought that, man, I'm not pretty. And you thought that for the first time and you were like, mm. but the next day you thought of the same thought. I'm not pretty. Until you start thinking that thought again and again and again and again and again so much that I'm not pretty is a natural reaction to you. It's a natural response. When you look in the mirror, you don't even need to, uh, you don't even need to be intentional. You look in the mirror, you're not thinking, oh, well, I'm going to tell myself I'm not pretty today. The moment you step in front of the mirror, immediately the thought is I'm not pretty because you've created such a significant path in your thought life that that has become your truth. That whether you recognize it or not, just like me driving home, even when I'm not thinking about it, somehow I found myself in the front door of my house. Somehow you find yourself in the front door of that saying that thought, you don't know how you got there, but now you're in the place of, I'm not pretty. I'm not good enough. No one likes me. Our minds are incredible things. You know, there's a science. I'm going to have to look at my paper because neuroplasticity. Did I say that right? What are all those major, Chisu, is that right? Neuroplasticity, neuro, neuroplasticity, girl, you better study. Girl, you better study. All right, basically, this is the study of neural pathways. Okay, neural pathways, 
pathways that your brain creates, synapses, changes due to behavior, environment, neural processes. It's what they call a cortical mapping, the mapping of your brain. So when we talk about paths of righteousness, we got to start at the beginning. We got to start with your mind. In fact, it says in scriptures that it's transformation begins with the renewing of your mind. You know, too many Christians, we think transformation starts with willpower in the sense that we just need to do it. Let me physically do things and I'll change on the inside. It doesn't work like that. That's what the Pharisees did. They did everything right on the outside, but you know what Jesus called them like dead skeletons on the inside whitewashed tombs with dead bodies on the inside. That's what he called that, that route. But we're talking about starting with the mind first, starting with the paths of our thought life first and creating and going step-by-step step into the paths of righteousness with the Lord. You know, turn with me to Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. I'm going to explain what paths of righteousness, how good this is and why you even want to be there. Psalm 1611, it says this, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 68, 11, excuse me, Psalm 65, 11, turn there. It says this, you crown the year with your bounty, your wagon tracks. It sounds so Oregon trail, but your paths, all right? Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. Let me tell you something. It may be difficult to walk in the paths of righteousness, but it's worth it. We need to learn to make decisions based on a certain thought life, a thought life that agrees to what scripture says. Why do you do the things that you do? Why? You know, if I were to ask you one-on-one, -on -one, if there's something in your life, a pattern in your life that you do that you just wish you didn't do, I bet each and every single one of you could come up with something. Every single one of you would come up with something that, you know what? Yeah, I wish I didn't do that all the time. Or I wish I didn't, you know, think that all. Yeah, I wish I did. Every single one of you can bring forward a habit in your life that you wish you could change, but somehow when you look at it, it just seems so impossible. It's become so ingrained in your life that you just can't, you can't change it. I'm talking about walking a path with the Lord and that path is narrow. Every other path is wide. Every other path is broad. But when you're talking about walking the path of righteousness, following Jesus Christ, I'm talking about a narrow road. I'm talking about a road where you're going to be misunderstood, where people might not get you. Well, why can't you drink? Well, we're all leaving. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? All of a sudden, you're put in a situation where you got to think, all right, well, what? What should I be doing? I've been struggling with drinking for the past couple of years. And I know that if I take this drink, it might, it might cause me to go take a backward step. Well, what's going to lead your decision? Trust me. It's going to be a series of thoughts. And I'm telling you that you and I are called to start a new path. 
Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to start a new path. Come on, say it like you mean it. There's certain pathways in your life that are so large. So large. And and my message tonight is just, it's about chartering the new path. That's what I want to talk about in a nutshell. It's about chartering the new path in Christ. You know, when I got saved, for those of you that know my testimony, you know, my life radically had to transform. I mean, I went from a lifestyle of what promiscuity, you know, um, drugs, um, you know, I have my husband, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak in California in March at a conference. And I told my husband, "Hun, I need you to type up a ministry profile for me, a speaker profile. Cause I can't write about myself. It's just awkward. You know, Aaron Lee studied it. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's just weird. Can you do it for me? And he wrote this ministry profile. And the last sentence of the profile that he wrote for me was like, Aaron Lee was, uh, you know, lived a life of promiscuity, uh, dr- addiction to drugs was a kleptomaniac. Uh, you should definitely ask her about her powerful testimony. And I was like, all right, thanks, babe. You know, like, like, thank you for that. But I mean, it was true. When, when you talk about my life, I, I, I did a series. I lived a series of certain paths that was autopilot for me. And so to all of a sudden be transformed and to all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm going to walk with the Lord. It wasn't easy. Why? Because I was so used to walking a certain path, meaning when I was in pain and when I was stressed out, my initial immediate reaction response was I got to get high right now. When it was Thursday night, my immediate, each is Thursday. I just knew it'd be Thursday. It was all right. What's going on? Where's the party at? Where are we going? Which club are we going to? Who are we meeting up with? Who's going to be there? It was just a natural reaction. It was so ingrained in me that even when I was trying to live for the Lord, it was just like, I found myself like, wait, what, what, a, what a second? Wait a second. What am I even doing here? How did I even get here? Because I, it was, if I wasn't paying attention, If I wasn't paying attention all of a sudden, if I got myself in autopilot, I found myself walking a path that I've created that I walked on so many times. It's become so wide. And to walk a path that I committed to recently, I'm going to walk with the Lord. It was so narrow and it took, it was so uncomfortable and it was so awkward to all of a sudden, well, now I'm going to pray. You know what I mean? Now I'm going to tell my friends I can't drink. Like, that's all, just feeling so awkward. But all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, you know, like, but here I feel comfortable. Here it's easy. Here I know who I am in this situation. I don't know who I am in this situation. I don't know what to do in this situation. I felt awkward. So I, I was hit with this, with this dilemma of walking in paths of righteousness when I've created paths of destruction for about 10 years of my life. You know, I recently read my journal to the church. I know it's like, what were you thinking? I don't know, but I preached a message about remember when, and I talked about the power of remembering what God has done in your life. And what happened was I was reading my journals and I just read foolishness. All right. So about 50% of my journals were all the guys that I was checking out. Seriously. It was like the guy that worked the front desk get this, you know, like the guy that was co-working here. And it was just like every single journal entry was about guys. And my husband just pre- preached a message about, I mean, he lived a righteous life, but he was still foolish. 
all right? Let me keep it real, all right? Like, he didn't do drugs, but he thought he was going to marry and wife everybody, okay? And so he was, like, in love with everybody and their mama. Yeah, true story. And so in his journal, it's a bunch of code names. He had so many code names, he forgot his system. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, who is this again? See, I had code names too, but I knew my system. When I was in high school, everything ended in C, all right? Everything ended in Now, this is going to be so trippy because I married, I married my husband, Christian, Christian Lee, all right? And, but my first, like, huge crush, like, the love of my life. Okay, he wasn't the love of my life. He was just like, I was in ninth grade. No, yeah, I was in ninth grade. He had his hair parted in the middle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, like, the long bangs and the baggy jeans. And I was like... Oh, you are so cool. He had the earring, you know what I mean? Like, y'all don't even know, the North Facebook bag, like, okay. And um, I was just, like, into this guy. Like, he was just it for me, okay? So every time I saw him, I just kind of, like, flutter. And this homeboy, he knew it. He'd, he'd see, you know, all of us, all me and my crew. He was a year older than me. And he would come by, and he'd be like, hey, what's up? Pinch me in my cheek. And I'd be like... <laughs> I was in ninth grade, all right? It was like the first time guys pinched me on my cheek, and I thought I was, like, in love with him. Anyway, so I, I, we had a nickname because I had to talk about him all the time, all right? So we couldn't be saying his name on blast because he couldn't know that I liked him, even though he obviously did. So we were at the mall, shopping mall, me and my best friend, and we were right next to an arcade, and the arcade was called Pocket Change. And so we're like, all right, we need a code name, we need a code name, and we decided Pocket Change... We'll call him PC. How funny is that? Looking back now, I feel like, man, God, you have the craziest sense of humor. So, because, you know, Pastor Christian, PC, that's what everyone calls my husband now, PC. But when people first started calling him PC, I just couldn't help but chuckle. (laughs) Because every time I heard PC, I was like, you know, like I kept thinking about, you know, the, the guys that I liked. And so PC started the row of names. And so it was PC, LC, DC, CC. You know what I mean? Like it was just everything C. And the beginning letter, you know, represented something else. Like, you know, like CC was cousin because I, I had a crush on my best, uh, my best friend's cousin. You know, so CC. You know what I mean? Like we had a system. Like we worked it out. We worked it out. Everything was worked out. Anyway, so I was reading my journal, and I was just so on the path. I mean, it was just easy for me. Find my worth in men. It was the broad path for me. So broad. I mean, I walked it day in and day out, like all the time. So all of a sudden, when someone told me, you got to find your identity in God, it was like, okay. You know, now I I guess I got to, you know, find my identity in Christ. But you know what? When I first started walking that thought life, it was awkward. It was awkward to think, oh, God thinks you're precious. Like, all right, you know, you're his treasured possession. And like each step I took, I was just, it just felt weird for me because it was so foreign. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm like, what? Is that even allowed? You know, like, I just, I don't even know. You're the bride of Christ. I was like, whoa, whoa, chill out, all right? Like, I don't know where this is going, but like, it just, every step towards intimacy with the Lord, it just, I, I didn't, in, initially, in the beginning, it was a narrow path. And so when you start making that transition in your life, 
all of a sudden, this wide path, it's going to be here. It's going to be here. It's not going to disappear just because you transformed and you decided I'm going to commit to the Lord. This path is going to be here. But guess what? This narrow path, the more you walk it, the wider and wider and wider and wider it becomes. It says in scripture that he will broaden the path beneath me. Meaning it may be awkward in the beginning. He loves me. All right. I'm the apple of his eye, but all of a sudden, the more you walk this path, despite how, despite how uncomfortable, despite how weird, despite how unnatural it may seem, all of a sudden, the revelation will hit you while he loves me. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm his most treasured possession. You know what's awkward for me now? To find my worth in men. That's awkward. And I'm like, okay, yeah, calm down. You know, uh, recently I went to New York. And um, New York, you know, if you just walk the street, somebody's going to hit on you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even need to be like a girl. You can have a guy with long hair and somebody's going to hit on you, all right? Like, if Peter Jacob walked New York City, be like, hey, baby. Hey, baby, what's good? You know, like, it's just, like, it's just going to happen. So I'm walking New York City, and I'm going to the and I'm just walking. And, of course, like, you know, uh, just people just, and, you know, back in the day, I'd be like, please. You don't know me. You know what I mean? But like, but deep, deep inside, I'm like, yeah, I look good. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, but when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, dear Lord. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, calm down. You know, like I just felt so awkward because I was, to me, that wasn't a compliment anymore. To me, that wasn't my identity anymore. To me, that was just like, what? You obviously don't know who I am. You obviously don't know my worth. You obviously do not know who you're talking to. If you're trying to holler at me like that, you know, my husband waited years. He waited years for me. Okay. And, but just like, you know, when I first stopped doing drugs, you know how awkward that was for me? You know, some of the, the, the biggest tests of whether you're walking in the paths of righteousness, some of the greatest decisions that you're going to have to make in terms of walking the paths of righteousness is when you encounter hardship. Because when things are good, yeah, okay, yeah, God is good. Yeah, he loves me. But when things get tough, all of a sudden, real faith needs to get tested. Because each and every single one of us have developed a path to cover our pain. It's the animal inside. No, none of us like pain. How many of you guys enjoy pain? If you do, we can talk later and, you know, we can deal with that. You know, there's some things, you know, we can walk through, but, but in general, we normally don't like pain. And in fact, it's animalistic of us to want to avoid pain. And so when it comes to things that will cause us pain or when we hit hardships or, or tough times, all of a sudden you're in this position. Am I going to go the broad path or am I going to go the narrow path? Because I'm very familiar with this and I'm not so familiar with this. And everything inside of me says I want to drink. Everything inside of me says I just want to while out. Everything inside of me says that I just want to smoke and chill, watch, you know, some family guy and eat some chocolate. You know, everything inside of me, because that's what I've done time and time and time again. But the more you walk the path of righteousness, all of a sudden that path becomes wider and broader and broader. Now get this. Some of you guys are getting ready to go home. How many of you guys are getting ready to go home? 
I know, it's sad, right? I'm going to speak to you guys for a quick second. Now, for those that are getting ready to go home, some people think, you know what? I've walked and established my path in Korea as a believer. I know what it's like to go to Emmaus on Tuesdays now. I know what it's like to go to church on Sundays. I know what it's like to, you know, high-five people and be like, I'm so glad that you're here. Or, you know, pray or do whatever. You've established that path here. This is familiar territory. It's brought in. But when it's time to go home, you haven't marked that path yet. In fact, when it's time to go home, the paths that you're most familiar with are paths that you think to yourself, I actually am not supposed to be walking anymore. I've actually committed not to walk these paths anymore, but that path is familiar. That path is wide. It's broad. But to actually pursue paths of righteousness in this new setting means that I'm going to have to walk a narrow path initially. Now, the problem is what people do is they go home. They start trying to walk this narrow path. They feel uncomfortable and they think, oh, I guess it was just a Korea thing. Oh, I guess it's because I'm not near Emmaus. It's because I don't have new Philly with me. Oh, I guess that was for then. And, and, but now this is my situation. So this is how it's going to be. I just want to make it crystal clear. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Wherever you go, whether it's to go home for vacation some of our long-term students, you're all going to go back to visit your families. Whether it's to go back to California, which is like, well, I don't know, 99.99% of you, right? Whether it's to go back to where, you know, whether it's even your life that you're living now, it doesn't matter. If you have a broadened path that you've created, don't get it twisted. You have to walk the narrow path. But trust me, this is the hope that I want to give you today. It's going to start narrow, but God will broaden the path beneath your feet. And the more you choose to walk it time and time again, all of a sudden, it's going to get easier and easier and easier and easier to the point where when you feel pain, it's going to be immediate. You're not going to know how you got there, but all of a sudden you're on your knees crying out to God. When I hit a situation and I don't know what to do, I don't even, all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, I'm on my knees crying to the Lord. Why? Because I've created that path. Without a second, if, some, if I hear someone sick, if I hear something's going on with my family, if I hear a situation with my finances, you know, in the beginning of this year, we lost our home because our landlord decided he's going to sell it. We're like, what, homie? You need to, you know, we were, on, I forgot, we were in California and we get a phone call from Judy who was living with us. And she's like, mama, papa, all these people are visiting our home. Like the real estate agent will nonstop bugging me and they're trying to sell the home and I'm confused and I don't know what to do. And they keep nagging. They were like calling her nonstop and they sold our apartment without telling us. And so we had to go back. You know what I did immediately? No, I wasn't thinking, oh man, I got to smoke a doobie. You know, like, man, I got to go, I got to go to the bar right now. No, immediately without even thinking about it. I looked at my husband. I was like, we got to pray right now. Why? Because I've created that path. It's like a natural, that path has become so broad to me. It used to be so narrow. It used to be so uncomfortable. It used to be so weird, but now it's so broad. It's so big. It's so natural to me that it's just like second nature. You got problems. I'm a pray. I got a problem. I'm going to pray. Why? Because I've seen time and time and time again, that paths of righteousness leads to abundance. That paths of righteousness leads to righteousness. 
You know, when I first went home after getting transformed, you know how awkward it was for me to go in my bedroom? Like, my bedroom was exactly the same. It's like a weird experience. I had my pink, okay. <laughs> pink is like my least favorite color because it used to be my most favorite color when I was a little girl. So my mom, oh my gosh, I had like pink drawers, pink bed, pink carpet, like pink everything. So in my, in my bedroom, like to this day, it's like exactly the same, right? So when I come, when I go home, it's like really trippy because I go back in my room. It's like super small. I have like my stuffed animals, right? I have like all these little like letters my best friends wrote me. I had like a Spice Girls sticker. I had all the sticker pictures that I took with all my friends. Like it's just like going back in time. But when I step in my room, it's like broad, the broad path in that room was just a place of rebellion. You know what I mean? It was like a place where I did things my parents did not know I was doing. I used to smoke out of my bedroom window. Like my parents had no idea the things that I did in that bedroom, but it wasn't, you know, the memories wasn't me crying out to the Lord. All right. When I walked in that bedroom, I was like, Oh snap. So many memories are coming back. You know, a lot of things I don't even want to think about right now. It's kind of like, it was a wave that was crashing over me. And all of a sudden, I'm interacting with my family, and there's certain paths that we've made with our family, isn't there? Man, you're victorious with the people that you've met here, but when you get on the phone with mom, it's like, oh, ma, calm down. I told you everything's going to be okay, you know? Stop freaking out. Like, it's just the old self just, like, resurrects, and all of a sudden, so here I am saved, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pastoring the church. I was just a Samonim at the time, but Samonim, oh, Aaron Samo, oh, she's so holy, and, you know, and I come home, and I'm like, I'm and just everything, the broad path was right there, you know, wanting me to just walk it, and so it was so awkward for me to go back into that setting and to start to live a life that I was familiar with in Korea. And to start to pave the way that I need to make at home. It was awkward. It was weird. And the first thing that I thought was, I guess I didn't change. Man, if I'm home and I'm still yelling at my mom, she's still driving me crazy. I guess change really didn't happen. Or I guess I'm still dealing with this issue. You know, we actually went through some of the stuff. Um, my parents moved. Um, we still have the house, but we're renting it. And they moved to a small apartment. So, you know, we took the last time I was there um, two years ago when I was at my house house, uh, I found a little baggie. And, you know, I was like looking through my stuff and I found a little baggie. I think I posted on Facebook. That probably was, I don't think I posted on Facebook, did I? Yeah, I don't think I posted on Facebook because that'd be dumb. Um, and it was what I call my weed bag. And it was like a fake Gucci bag, <laughs> like Poochie. And, um, and in this bag, it's like a little handbag. And in it was like, oh, it was like my precious bowl, okay? It was like a little smoke. Okay, you guys might not want to rule. Okay, bowl is what you use to smoke weed, okay? It's one way you can use to smoke weed. And so, like, I, I called it a half pipe. It was, you know, really little. So, I, the na- you know, people name it. All right, I know, it's weird. But people name it. I called mine half pipe. Cause it was half the size of a normal one. And I had like a little scissors and I had a match and I had roaches still in there. If you got, not bugs. Um, ro- okay. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to explain. <laughs> I'm like, this can go a long time, but I had like tools. I had like the kit, like you could just tell that I was a pothead. And, and I, I looked at it and I was like, shut up. This is still in my house. And you know, I was with my, um, my friend was visiting and she's like, get out of here. Are you serious? Is that what I think it is? And I'm like, I unzip it and the smell just, and I was like, oh, 
And I open, I see little empty baggies with stems in them. And I'm like, get out of here. And I'm opening it up. And I'm just like, this is so crazy. What is going on right now? I'm a pastor. Like I'm a pastor and I'm holding on to this bag. Like if anyone walked in, like it would have been a bad situation. You know, it would have been like, you know, do, 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 do. Uh, that's ESPN. I don't know why that <laughs> news alert, you know, pastor going back to her old ways or whatever it was. But so what I decided to do is I had to make a choice. You know what? I'm going to start a new path here. So when I was home, I would get up and I'd pray. I'd pray, I'd open scripture and I'd cry and I'd decide, you know what? I'm going to make new memories here. I'm going to create a new space here. I'm going to, I'm going to, even if it's awkward, even if I'm looking at my weed bag and I'm looking at my stuffed animals and I'm surrounded by pink and this reminds me of all of who I used to be. I'm going to establish path of righteousness here in this place because my relationship with God is not geographic. And so I'm going to walk it out as uncomfortable, as awkward as it's going to be. I'm going to tell my mom that I love her as much as I'm used to yelling at her and, 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 you know, disrespecting her. I'm going to tell her that I love her and that I respect her. I'm going to wake up early and wash them dishes, even though I'm used to sleeping into like two, which I did like half the time. But some of the time I woke up early and I washed them dishes and, you know, I just started. Was I perfect? No, but it doesn't matter. I made a commitment. I'm not going to let these broad paths define who I am anymore. You know, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 19. And it says this. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of the old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. New York was my wilderness. New York was my desert. My relationship with my parents was my wilderness. The way that I related to men was my desert. The way that I couldn't trust women was my wilderness. There were things that I thought would be impossible to get through or to break through or to change. But all of a sudden, when I met Jesus Christ, I realized that he's the God that parts the Red Sea, that he's the God that makes a way in the wilderness. And all of a sudden I can walk a path that I was not able to walk before because he died on the cross for my sin and walked the path that I was supposed to walk. People think, oh, I guess I got to choose. Is it going to be, let me walk this path of righteousness now? Well, let me just chill for a couple of years and eventually fall Jesus later. Listen, in Proverbs chapter 2, it makes it very clear. Don't follow the way or the woman of the seductress because she leads, her path leads to death. When you talk about sin, let me entertain sin for two years. I'm talking about a path leading to death, a path leading to destruction. 
It's not about lifestyle now. I want my burger this way. I want my clothes that way. I'm talking about matters of life and death. I had a best friend who passed away. And if you looked at her life and the route that she was going in, anyone could have told you that it was going to lead to death. Anyone. Now, that sounds weird to say, and I had so much hope for her. We got saved around the same time. I led her to Christ. But she got so wrapped up in the things that she had to deal with in her life. She caught her father cheating. She came home one night, saw her dad, and then saw a woman in her dad's shirt, just his shirt, in her own house. Can you imagine what that would be like? She was so tiny. She was about 4'11". We used to make fun of her all the time about how short she was. But she was so tiny physically, but she became bulimic because that was the one thing she thought she'd control in her life. And she got so skinny that towards the end of her life, she could have weighed maybe 80 pounds. And to this day, when she looked in the mirror, she saw someone that was fat. She got involved in such high Risk behavior, drugs, promiscuity, things that I did as well. And she got caught in such stupid situations. And the night she died, she could have lived if she wore her seatbelt. But she just hated wearing seatbelts. She always complained that it constrained her too much. It was too uncomfortable. See, when I'm talking about the roads that you choose to live on, it's a serious thing. There's one road that leads to life, and it's that simple. That's what scripture says. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. Every other way leads to death. In this life, every second counts. I've wasted four years of my college and people, you know, I have young people come up and tell me and they think, oh, Pastor Aaron, you're so cool that you did all these drugs and you're so cool that you have this story. I want to have a story just like yours. And I'm just like thinking to myself, then you missed the point then I must have not done my job properly. I must have not said what I should have said, or you just completely bypassed. You know what I mean? You didn't get it because the point of my message wasn't live your life wild out because God can transform you. It was don't waste a second more of living a life that's going to lead you to death. But turn now. Psalm 23, it says he restores your soul. That's the previous passage that he leads you to paths of righteousness. You know what he restores your soul means? To restore your soul, in another word, is to repent. He, he causes you to repent. And another word for repent is he causes you to turn. Another word to explain cause you to turn means he causes you to change your mind. A lot of you are going to face something new where the roads, certain roads that are broad, you think to yourself, I don't want to walk that anymore. And you know, you're facing a narrow path. Some of you are facing that now, even before you go home, 
but I want to make it very, very clear from the bottom of my heart. Don't waste time. If you look at her and you look at me, my best friend, we had so much similarities. How is it that she died and I didn't? You know, I pondered that, and I know that I'm opening up a can of worms asking that question. But I think about that sometimes. It's good. You guys are young. You think you have all the time in the world, but that's not true. Life is not guaranteed. Today is here, but tomorrow is not guaranteed. And in that sense, what are you going to choose today is the most important question at hand. It's not, I'm going to choose that tomorrow. It's, I'm going to choose this today. That's the most important question. And God's calling you to make new roads in your minds, new paths, to go through the awkwardness of trying to find your way in the beginning but it's good news because you're not by yourself. You're not following directions from MapQuest, which is crappy and not updated. You know what I mean? Or GPS, which is annoying and also not updated. The one that you're following is Jesus Christ himself, who's the most relevant, the most current, the one that knows you inside and out, the one that understands what causes your heart to beat, what struggles you carry, what pains you have, what hurts you, what people have said to you. He makes the best shepherd. He's the one that's called to lead you to paths of righteousness, but you can't walk that unless you follow him. There's two roads. It's simple. It's simple. Two roads. One that's broad and one that starts narrow. The one that's broad, so many people are on that. So many people are on that. And all of them are ushering in. Just follow me. Just do this. We're all doing it. Go this way. And there's one that's narrow. And there's only one person that's calling you on that road. And that's Jesus Christ himself. And he's saying, come. Follow me. Two choices. Which one? Are you going to choose? And how long are you going to wait to choose it? We know Jesus as Savior, some of you guys, but do you know Jesus as Lord? He saved you, but is he the Lord of your life? Is he the one that you serve day in and day out? Or is he the one that you think about when you have, you know, a tough situation? I want to invite you in a serious commitment. And it's not one that you just make today. It's one that you're going to commit to make day after day after day after day after day. I'm going to walk that narrow path until that narrow path becomes broader and broader and broader and broader beneath my feet. Where it becomes following Jesus is like second nature. I want you guys to just close your eyes for a second.
Now, I don't want to talk about what you're going to do tomorrow or what you're going to promise God for tomorrow. I want to talk about what you're going to do today. I want to talk about your heart condition today. What you're going to choose today, the commitment that you're going to make today. And I know that anxiety is trying to come upon some of you guys and fear and worry that when you go back home or when you go back to your family, even if you stay here, if you go to certain situations, you go back to chilling with your friends, you don't know how you're going to handle that because they're so used to you acting a certain way or saying certain things or looking a certain way that you know the following Christ is going to be narrow. It may not get applause from people. But what are you going to choose today? I have a powerful testimony of how God transformed my life. But more powerful is that testimony, more powerful then that part of my testimony is the fact that I'm still walking in righteousness. That I'm still walking in victory. That's way more powerful. And if I had a precious child, I would never, ever, ever for a second want her to go through what I went through. I would never tell her, okay, go, go do drugs and go have sex and go, you know, do whatever. And, and then come back because everything you, then your story will be more dramatic. You know, then you will know the grace of God on more levels. I would never say that to her ever. Are you kidding me? And so I'm going to be bold with you guys tonight in that same way. Don't leave tonight. Don't leave this place. With that attitude and with that heart. I took this position. God gave me this position. So I could say this one thing to you. He's worth it. He's worth it. No matter how hard it is, no matter how uncomfortable it is in the beginning, no matter how unnatural it feels, even to pray, even to read the Bible, no matter how weird it is, no matter how much you don't understand when you start it, just keep going and keep walking that path because it is worth it. And all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself in a sea of revelation of his goodness. You're going to find yourself in the path of what's true and what's life. And so I just want to give an opportunity for some of you guys to receive prayer.